Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. Still running. It's a quarter. CD. Welcome through the keyholers. Welcome everybody else that's going to be listening to this to the Oklahoma State folk that listen to this because it is of the best time of the year uh, for all of us here. And it's the best time of the year whenever both programs are doing the things that they're supposed to do. Oklahoma's not winning by enough. Oklahoma State's winning by too much, I think, for Oklahoma State fans liking. Uh, but I am joined on this beautiful Wednesday evening. So we're recording this prior Thanksgiving. We're recording this prior to knowing much more about Oklahoma State's injury status, which is going to be of utter importance as the week goes on. But that's why I'm joined by Philip Slavin, the 10-12 minus... The 12 minus 2 plus 2 minus 2 plus 4 10 12 network podcast. Philip, welcome to the show. I appreciate as many times I've had you on that you still struggle with the name of the uh, of the show and the network is, as what, a whole. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. You know, hey, you're gonna have to change the name. Thanks. I don't really, I don't nope, need to know. No, I don't need to know. No, I don't need no, to know. I'm not changing, I'm not changing shit. I can I can say that on this show, right? I try not to curse yeah. on my show. I'm very particular about it. My uh, my grandfather listened, so you know I got to be my best behavior. But um, I'm not changing it. I'm not doing it. I, we'll be 14 teams. Look, the, the Big Ten has 14 teams. I don't, I can call my show whatever I want. I can call it the Quiggly Wiggly Football Hour for all I care. Like we're just it is what it is now. It's established. It's known. Yeah, you don't have to change the name of an SEC podcast because it's just the SEC, you know. So. <laughs> it's been a fun week so far, Mr. Philip. We've had are you, a are you enjoying yourself? We're have we're gonna have okay. a great week. We're gonna have a great weekend. We're gonna have a really, really good weekend. Um Philip, we, we might we got we gotta we start. Might. No, 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 we gotta start. You know exactly where we're starting with this. What is your quarter? What is Oklahoma State's quarterback thinking? What is he doing? Okay, can I can I be honest? I, as it. I have Do it. as I have gotten older, as I have gotten older in my my ages of wisdom. Um, that I like to think that I have a have accrued in the 37 some odd years that I've been on this earth. 
Um, I've learned a thing or two and the bullet on board material stuff is just whatever. Like I, I, I get it. I, I, when you were young and it was like, Oh, could you say that? going to get me so pumped up. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't care if an OU fan says Baker says something about OSU. Cool. Great. Whatever. Like, look, I, and I'm not 18 anymore. I'm so, I'm so disconnected from, from the 18 and 19 and 20 year old kids. The but youngins, he's part of the, the Philip, Philip, pardon me, pardon me. He's part of the reason why they lost last year. The offensive line he sucked, barely, but he barely played, and that offensive line was beat to crap. But there were still guys open. Yeah, I, I understand. I also understand how 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 bad OSU was at that point in the season last year. Look, yeah, they weren't very good. I, Spencer Sanders has not gone into a Bedlam game this healthy yet. Like I get it, you know. <clears throat> As Philip joins us, by the way, let me let me cut in here for a sec. Battling everything, and he's doing this podcast and using some of the voice he's going to be using Saturday. I'm assuming you're going to, going to be in Boone Pickens on Saturday, right? Um, that is the plan. Uh, I have still not yet acquired tickets to the game, but you know you can find tickets. There's always tickets. I'm just cheap and waiting to the last minute so I can not have to uh, give up one of my daughters in, in to be able to afford two tickets to this game. But I'm going to this game. We will be in Stillwater on Saturday, and I will be if I have to like sneak my way in, all of some like holiday Christmas special movie on Disney Plus remake. Just like, let I'm people in. Just it's the last time this game's gonna be played in Stillwater. Let people in. Oh, and people people are 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 asking for like last bedlam in Stillwater in the next 40 years kind of money for tickets. Look, oh, I get sure. it. You know what? Make make you, you I always say this. It's your thing, you do with it what you want. That's fine. I'm also gonna call you a, a but you know it's Christmas, people gotta get presents, whatever. I don't care. I'll find tickets. I'm not worried about it. Um, if anybody's got some they want to sell me, let me know. But um I will be at the game on Saturday. How, how could I? I said this back in July when all of the realignment stuff started happening. Like, here's my bucket list of Big 12 things I have to do. Because at that point, we're like, we don't even know the Big 12 is going to exist in a couple right. of years. And number one on my list was I have, I have to go to Bedlam this year because it is, it is, it's the last Bedlam in Stillwater for probably a very long time. I think, and on that point, we talked about this on Tuesday. I think some of Weiberg's comments on to the athletic in the Max Olson story about why, like, it is kind of up in the air a little bit. And it makes some sense from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State's perspective. They have so many non conference games scheduled out through 2037. Like, like yeah. every, like, again, like everyone else does, because that's the business now. I wasn't I coming after him for that. No, 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 Why no. Why are you no, getting no. so defensive? I, I, I'm not being defensive. I'm simply people always were like, no, 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 you can cancel those. It's expensive. to cancel. I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing with everybody who's going to make comments that I can already hear, like in the back of their brains or the comment section, whatever. Oh, I like to argue with the Twitters Bedlam before they week. get on there. It's Bedlam week. I, it's my Bedlam anxiety, week, my anxiety. I've had a cold for two weeks. I've been trying to crank out my show. It's the holidays. I got two kids. I'm, you know, and, and this, and this season is what it is. My anxiety is at like max volume. Okay, like just, just max. I mean, Oklahoma State's a favorite in Stillwater for the first time in eight years. <laughs> They've been a favorite at home, I believe, twice in the last couple game in the last decade. 
Um, that's a five, six games, which is actually pretty impressive when you consider the talent discrepancy between the two over the course of time, Philip. Um, here's the other thing to kind of kick this thing off for both of us. I think we're both unique in this position in terms of I've listened to some OSU stuff. I've listened to some OU stuff. Like I, I don't feel good enough to it, it, it from anybody. You followed me for a long time at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you of two games every year for Oklahoma that I, it seems that everything kind of comes together, the pre, you know, pregame analysis breakdown, like into the game and the outcome and that kind of stuff. Um, it all kind of plays out together. Texas this year didn't go as planned, but for the most part, Bedlam and, Te- and OU Texas have been, have been pretty good. I have no confidence. I have no idea what to expect. Cause like if OU's defensive line plays like it has the last couple of weeks, like that's a, that's a factor that comes into this equation that is very, very positive for Oklahoma. Um, like is again, Oklahoma state's offensive line health, uh, can Sanders, you know, he's played well and what the West Virginia game was a lot more impressive. And some of the Iowa state game was impressive, especially in the uh, late part of the first half and in the second half. But like, it's, it, he's going to probably be under the most pressure he's been under from a defensive line all season. Like there's just so many like things and exterior things that we haven't seen over the course of the last, like three to four games for either team, like to sit here and project something, uh, think, Shout out to Grandpa on Twitter uh, or OSU Grandpa that tweets out quotes and whatnot from podcasts. He, you basically kind of alluded to the same things. Everything I just said. I don't know, Philip. Like, God over my heart. I think Oklahoma wins this game. We'll get into more of that here in a second. But I, I don't feel good about it. Like, this is the first Bedlam game in a minute that I just no clue. So the, the, the point I made on my show when we did our picks pod, which went up Wednesday, um, and of course, it's the 1012 podcast, T-E-N-12, the word podcast. Network. So you get mad at me for not including network, but. Network. Well, my show is the podcast. The network is eight shows uh, that fall under the 1012 network umbrella. There you go. There's your point. 1012network.com. You can find all the shows. Um, <laughs> Big 12, a Big 12 centric uh, podcast network with, with that is gradually building. We'll be adding some new shows by there you uh, go. between now and January uh, one. Let me just put it that way. Um, we got a plan. We got a plan. We'll have a show for every school. Yeah, probably not Oklahoma. Anyways, um, I said this on my show, and, I, and the more I think about it, the more I think it sticks. During the Gundy era, the entire time Gundy's been in charge. You know, there have been games where OSU fans have gone into being hopeful. You know, maybe this is the year we've got it. It's we've got a good team. Maybe this is the year we can we can things will break our way and we'll beat Oklahoma. But that's not the same as saying that's just you know that's just hey Oklahoma's a better team and maybe this will be the year we pull off the upset. That's really what you're trying to convince yourself of every year. There are three years ever during the Gundy era that I honestly feel confident in saying that Oklahoma state actually has the better team. 2011, 2013 and 2021. Now understand when I say that, that is not me confidently saying like Oklahoma state's going to win this game. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is we can talk about who is higher ranked. I don't care about that stuff. Vegas lines, whatever. There have only been three years of the entire Mike Gundy era that I honestly believe that OSU came into the game with the better team. 2011, they won. 2013, where Bob Stoops literally pulled out every single trick in his book 
and beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And I, that game haunts my dreams forever. And this year, and that's it. Other than that, OU has had the better team. They've been the better team. They've been the, the healthier team, the more better positioned team to pull off the win. And now we have this year. And I, and I think that's why, look, I, I'm still not, I'm, I cannot, I, I absolutely physically like, like I, it's the scene from Liar Liar of him trying to say the pin is blue, royal blue. I can't say, oh, she's going to win on Saturday. I can't, I, I, because I, I, I really don't feel confident in predicting any sort of outcome from this game. All I can say is I actually honestly think Oklahoma State has the better team we can talk about talent and stars and all that stuff. I get all of that. I mean, from a standpoint of if you took the entire thing as it is, I think OSU is the better team. It doesn't mean they're going to win on Saturday, but I do think they actually are for the first time since 2013. It's such an interesting matchup because Oklahoma State's defense over the last four weeks, I think as you've seen them really, really take off now, you always have to kind of caveat that with, well, it was West Virginia. Uh, well, it was Kansas. Well, it was TCU, an offense that did light up Dave Aranda the week before. Uh, there is all those wells, and I think you have to kind of and kind of talk about them a little bit, but I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, there were signs of this, Philip, as a longtime Oklahoma State, stakeholder, Oklahoma State stakeholder in the year 2021. Um, there were signs early on in the year that this is what it was going to be like. Like Casey Dunn gets more comfortable within his skin, the personnel that they have on offense. They have an identity. Um I think that's probably where I want to go next and where I want to start off with this game is because I think Casey Dunn is under a large microscope along with his offensive line. I, I know it every year with Oklahoma State's offensive line is that way. But a ton of offensive coordinators this year across the Big 12, uh, including Nebraska's into that. Oh, Tulane also put up points on Oklahoma, by the way. Uh, there's a lot of offensive coordinators that have had success against Oklahoma this year. And I think that there is a blueprint – that is clearly out there if you want to take it. Um, you've got four games to choose from, Philip. Iowa State, do you want to see if Oklahoma can cover a tight end? That can't happen. Uh, can Oklahoma stop any QB run game in the split zone game? Uh, look at the Baylor and Kansas games. Uh, can Oklahoma stop any quick game into the boundary passing-wise, RPOs? Just check out uh, the West Virginia game as well as a little bit of the Tech game. Uh, to see. You know what I'm saying? There's a blueprint here for Casey Dunn to pick up from what everybody else has done against Oklahoma this year. Uh, I've been impressed with they play an offensive style, Philip. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you know where I'm coming from. That is, they're playing purposely less efficient, kind of play ball control, keep things. The run game is going one, two, three yards. They're okay with that. They're okay with Philip. It's the craziest thing in the world to say this. They're okay with getting to the fifty and punting it and keeping an offense back um, into their into you know offense is playing you know ten yards into the near to the end zone. It's a different offensive style. And I think Casey Dunn won. I wanted to, what, before I send this over to you, one, uh, I think he's been a lot more impressive this year. Uh, maybe ease some of your concerns from a year ago. Um, but two, has a major opportunity uh, at hand here where if Oklahoma State's going to win this game, and I believe, crazy enough, if they're going to win this game, they're going to win it on offense. Or if they score more points in Oklahoma, it's a crazy concept. But uh, I truly yeah, believe yeah. that. Okay, so let's go work through a couple of these things. Um, as far as the offense goes, I don't believe that coming into the season, this is the offense they plan to run. I don't believe this is what they – because if you listen to Gundy at Big 12 Media Days, I do think they expected to put up more points. I do think they'd be more explosive on offense. And then they got into the season, 
Um, they struggled to figure out their offensive line and find the right unit and get it figured out. You saw that through the first few games. You were dealing with some COVID issues and some injury issues, especially at wide receiver. I mean, they, I forget which what was it, the Boise State game. They had like like the three of their top like four guys were all out in that game. They just had like nobody at wide receiver. They were bringing walk-ons just to have wide receivers there in case they had to have a body. Um, they've gotten healthier. They've adjusted what they want to do, and this is not an this is not a roster that's built to run this kind of offense. This is a roster that was recruited to play the the 2017 go deep with Tay Martin and 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 have explosive plays, but instead they're going ball control. I mean, it's it's inefficient because they're not designed to play this kind of offense, right? They want to be ball control, but that's that's they don't have the offensive line for it. Now it's gotten better. The offensive line has improved and improved and improved. We can talk about the interest in a second, but. I do think they have had to make a lot of adjustments on offense this season to get to this point where it is even as efficient, as efficient and effective as it is. And it's still not perfect, but it it's operating at, at, I think kind of a max potential for what they have. If you, if you want me to be honest, um, as far as Casey Dunn early in the season, I, I really believe that Casey Dunn and Spencer Sanders were a terrible match. Like one of them was going to have to go next year. It was not going to, this was not a duo that could continue to work together. That, that has changed drastically before my very eyes. Um, you mentioned like, I, I, I've listened to the Texas tech pods. You're like, I win in spite of Spencer Sanders. And I'm like, I'm not going to play that game. Um, what, what they've done with Sanders this year and why I think him and Dunn have worked so well together is I would argue you have capped Spencer Sanders ceiling. You have lowered his ceiling by what you're asking him to do. But in doing so, you have also raised his floor because the thing with Spencer Sanders to me is the whole like, it's awesome and amazing and crazy and good. And then, oh my gosh, it's the worst possible thing in the world as well. You're going to get like both extreme ends from Spencer Sanders. And they have basically pulled the top down, lowered the ceiling and said, we're going to make you play within this, this kind of area. This is what we expect of you. It's much more game management, much, much, much simpler, more efficient, but it's also racist floor because they're not asking him to do some things that led oftentimes to him making boneheaded mistakes. Now, granted, look, it's his third year in the system. He should be getting better, but I, I, they lost the Iowa state game. It's one of his best performances. It's one of his best QBRs of his career at Oklahoma state was against Iowa state. They just lost. Um, because Iowa State went crazy off and Purdy had one of his crazy Purdy days and Xavier Hutchinson looked like a freaking NFL wide receiver and it's the only time he's done it all year. I saw your tweets. Yeah, I say, who's going to play on Sundays? Lots of guys play on Sundays. That's not saying anything. Um, I think this offense has been designed throughout the season to say the defense is dang good. We just need to get make sure we have enough points to make them comfortable that we're okay. If we get 20 points, honestly, like I, I sat there in the Texas Tech game last week. They had the touchdown right before half, and I was like, okay, get to 20 and it's over. I mean, it was over already because Texas Tech didn't score a point. But I'm at the point with this defense. It's like if they get 20 points, it's over. Like I, I honestly think the way the defense has been playing. And you you mentioned the quality of opponent, and I don't disagree. Um, it's not like they've been playing world beaters. But I've also kind of the older I've gotten, the more I've got to a point I'm like, I think 
teams deserve more credit when they actually go out and soundly beat a team they're supposed to soundly beat because more often than not in college football, we see the underdogs rise up and we see upsets or we see, you know, use Oklahoma as a reference point. What happened against Tulane? What happened against Nebraska? You see these close games and it's like, if we're going to dog them for not playing as well against that opponent as we thought they should have, there also has to be a little bit more credit than we want to give when they actually soundly beat an opponent they're supposed to soundly beat. Um, because I do, it's the same thing with, you know, we talk about Ohio state's blowing teams out of the water. Now uh, we're dogging Cincinnati because they were playing too many close. They're playing with their food and they pound S- SMU. Like there has to be a small, at least some credit to saying like, yeah, Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Texas tech, but they also, Gave up the first team defense also gave up nine points four nine points in four games like full credit where credits due yeah like uh, we we can say well it was these teams like yeah they held they held four teams to nine total points like you, you shut out Texas Tech no Texas Tech is not Patrick Mahomes Texas Tech but they put up thirty and twenty pretty regularly throughout the season you held them to zero at home so like as back to the offense I think Don. Dunn has gotten significantly better. Like I think he's play, he he's 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 got the system down. He understands this team. He's working great with Spencer Sanders. They're working in tandem more than they ever have the last two years. It's not an efficient offense, but it's an offense that so far has been doing more than enough with how the defense plays to get OSU the wins. Yeah, and I think the one of the key things that I noticed from them is how they set up matchups. Like they they get into 12 personnel with two Cowboy backs on the field, get Tay Martin as lined up far away from the final guy on the line of scrimmage as possible and say, Tay, Tay, the corner in front of you, he's not as good as you. Go beat him. Spencer, throw him the football when it, you get a one-on-one matchup. I think Oklahoma's – they did a – they showed a, a good job a year ago of kind of what the game plan that Oklahoma State's probably going to get this week where they're just going to flood the – you know, short portions of the field. And if, you know, Tylen Wallace beats Trey Brown three times, like, so be it. Because <laughs> we don't think Spencer Sanders has enough time to get rid of the football. And I will touch on that in just a second. Let's flip over to the Oklahoma State defense. I I am so impressed. And I know everybody, this doesn't just come from me. This comes from everybody. And it's not with the way, and everybody's kind of now figuring out, they're just blitzing everybody on every down, and they're doing this, doing that. Having to get kids bought into that, that mm-hmm. the defensive lineman, that this this play is not for you. This is for the linebacker or the safety that's coming into blitz. This is for him to get to a guy. Jim Knowles has got people bought in to what he is. And, it, and as well as you got to get the job for the job that they've done recruiting, as well as Rob Glass. Every time you and I talk on a podcast, I mentioned Rob Glass's name. His name should be mentioned at the beginning and end of uh, every Oklahoma State conversation. Yes. Absolutely. uh, uh, Oklahoma is having a uh, fans are really not happy with their guy Um, as well. I want to let you know, Oklahoma is not getting any leeway for winning close games in these parts. I know you see that. I know you hear that. So just want to get, want to get that clear, but this defense is so one before I kind of talk about and poke some holes in what they do They're the way that they're bought into what Jim Knowles is doing is honestly kind of like, inspiring in a way because like it it shows that if you buy in and you commit to something and you're fully bought in that you got a chance to be pretty good and Mr. Phillip they are good they fly to the football they're physical they hit they get into passing lanes um they cause quarterbacks to see things that aren't there 
and it, it's a it's really really fun to watch. I know you've gotten to watch them every game. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me. And I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment. And we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals, yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness's facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. It's part of that is it's not just that it's an older roster. It's not that you have a lot of seniors and guys who came back and super seniors and stuff like that. These guys have all been playing for so long. Like a lot of these guys started playing as like true freshmen and redshirt freshmen starting for Jim Knowles when he got there five years ago, four years ago. Right. So like these guys, they, they know each other. They know Jim Knowles. They know what he wants. They, they, they want to be here. And, and you're right on the buy-in. Like, like there are talented individuals on this defense. There are, but this isn't some like loaded with NFL talent. This is a, this is a, a, a unit that operates, understand how it's supposed to work. It, it is a fine piece of machinery. That is the way to describe it. It is any sort of, of complex machinery that works exactly the way that it's supposed to. And everything works in union in unison. And that's exactly what you have, which is, Again, because it's not like you got oh, uh, there's this NFL guy and this NFL you got, got seven guys who are all going to go in the first three four rounds. No, like there are probably a couple guys on this defense that are going to play in the NFL, but mostly you just have a whole bunch of guys who are experienced, know what to do, are all bought in, and w- know how to work together. and And Jim Knowles understands all these guys that he understands their strengths. Um, I actually I think OSU's defensive coaching staff is very underrated, honestly. Like. I, I, think I couldn't that, tell you anybody else's name besides Jim Knowles. I'm just going to be real. I know. And that's, and that's the thing. Like Duffy and Hammerschmidt coach the, sa- the corners and safeties. I think they are incredibly underrated for the job they do for the, 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 the depth and quality of corners and safeties that OSU just keeps seeing to put out in college. Again, they're not a bunch of guys who are all going off to the NFL and becoming stars, but like every year in, in the Big 12, you're like, okay, they got a fir- this first team safety. Okay. Well, this is a guy who should be a prop first team. Well, okay. They guess, oh, like, I think they have a really good staff. I think it's a staff that works in a very 
Gundy's just went, okay, go do your thing. And Knowles operates this thing perfectly. Knows exactly what he wants to, what he wants to do, has, has figured it out. I, look, it's not, I'm not saying they're perfect and that they don't have flaws, but they know how to work as a unit. And as long as, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this now, and this is not me being like homery, as long as the refs allow the corners to play phys- and the safeties to play physical on Saturday, oh, you, saw I, it in Waco. you know I'm not wrong here. Yeah, have you watched the – oh, I haven't posted any of the Baylor All-22. I know you, you're a subscriber to us. Have you watched how Baylor played Oklahoma defensively? Oh. Uh, I watched Phil- – <laughs> Phil- <laughs> they grabbed like and grabbed and grabbed and grabbed. They got, it called, they got it called a couple times, but, oh, yeah. I mean, the Big 12 is letting teams play with Oklahoma. I, I, I don't watch enough Big 12 games to know if that's like a league-wide thing this year like it is with the SEC, but – Oh, for sure. Christian Holmes is going to grab you every time. I, I, I honestly wonder, and I wonder if I put true syrup in, serum in, in Knowles, if he would admit that, like, you know what? I'd rather give up 15 and 40. Like, whatever. That's fine. We'll start over from there. Um, they play physical. They play The whole defense plays physical. But, like, those the DBs play physical. And as long as they're allowed to play physical, but that's what they've been for a while. Like, I used to notice that with when A.J. Green was still the corner at Oklahoma State. Like, his best games were the games the rest let him play. As soon as they started getting flag happy, he looked terrible. And it just depended upon which refs you were going to get and how they were going to let the play. If the refs let OSU and OU, it needs to go both ways. That is always my feeling. They're going to let him play physical. Great. If you're going to get, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a, a longer day for OSU's defense and OSU fans are going to be like, what's going on here? And I'll be like, because the refs have decided they're not going to allow it. It's such a, it's such an interesting matchup. And I bring that up from this, from this angle, I touched on off the top. I think it's the start of every conversation about Bedlam, uh, especially after what happened a year ago, Philip. They rather it's, it's later on in the season. Bedlam is every year. It's never early usually in either late October when it's not at the end of the year. Oklahoma State's offensive line depth has been a problem for four to five years now, maybe longer. You could probably tell me it's been this this way since 2000, whenever Gundy took over. Um, no, it's since Wickline left. Since Wickline left. So you get the guy that it's now at A&M, uh, and he's rolling now. He's got the offensive line rolling at A&M. Uh, and you get Henson, you got Dickey in right now, the guy from Kansas State. Things look like they're heading in the right direction in the future, but when you look at this game, Philip, it's it's it. If if they can deal with Oklahoma up front, they're going to win. I just have a this is we're getting in the weeds of this thing now. I have a really, 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 really hard time seeing a reality where Oklahoma State's going to be able to run the football at the clip that they do. Um, which means that they're going to be playing a lot of third downs and late downs away from the first down marker. I like they have to win up front or at least have a better plan than they had. They got I'll go, I'll go throw it to you with this. They have to have a better plan than they had a year ago because the plan that they had a year ago where they're only sending two receivers out to run routes and they still couldn't block them. Um, it, it killed them. I mean, they, they couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah. Uh... If you asked me who are the two offensive linemen you absolutely cannot lose for Oklahoma State, I would have said I got it. I, I got it for you. Josh Sills. Uh-huh. And is it the Williams guy at right guard? Nope. No. No. Go Danny Godlevsky, your starting center. Well, guess who's hurt? 
Starting that standard, uh, Danny Godlewski will miss the Texas Tech game. Probably if the if what we kind of are hint, hearing and hinting at is true, he's probably not going to play in Bedlam and probably won't play again until maybe the postseason. And I mean like the bowl game. Um, and Josh Sills, who they wanted to be able to sit last week and brought in his backup, and his backup got hurt early in the Texas Tech game, and so he had to come back in and play. Um, OSU has pretty much avoided <coughs> real substantial offensive line injuries this season until the TCU game. Uh, till like the worst possible time to start having them right at the end of the season with no break, no rest and OU two games away last week. You could tell some issues with the offensive line. They had a week where guys couldn't practice. Had some injuries kind of stack up. Um, I, I, that is my concern for this game. It's not, can the defense hold Oklahoma to, you know, 17 points. It's can the offense put up 20? And and that's because I am concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned. Is Brendan Presley going to be healthy? Um, is how are your Cowboy backs? Because they are so much more involved in blocking right now than anything else just to help support the offensive line to be able to run the way they want to do. I am. It's it's the health of the offensive line. The Cowboy is Jalen Warren healthy? I mean, is any starting running back really truly healthy at this point in the season? So, like, no significant injuries not that one not that i'm aware of um i think he got banged up but he's good to go i think he's playing so yeah again i i think whenever you kind of look at what oklahoma state can do to remedy some of the problems they have up front i think the the green kid that that's number 28 the freshman i don't know if that's blaine or bryson so you can go ahead and fill me in there uh, on 28, oh, I don't remember who's what name or number. Oh, great uh, help. Great help. No, I, again, I think that there's yeah, some I, things. I'm that, sorry. I don't remember every single player's roster uh, number, jersey number. So forgive me. Um, and my excuse for everything is I have two small children. I don't have the mental capacity to remember uh, <laughs> uh, everyone's jersey number. I can look it up real quick, but yeah. No, you're good. Let's, so I, I want to flip, you can kind of stay on the Oklahoma State's offensive side. Uh, I do think that they have some matchup potential with Tay Martin on some of Oklahoma's corners, as many one-on-ones they can get. Uh, I don't know if the RPO game will be there, uh, which is what they really tried to dip into last year, and it, it did not work because they just couldn't block Oklahoma up front. But there is a, a – Spencer Sanders, if he's going to run the football, they need him to run 10 to 12 times. 8, 10, 12, if Oklahoma State's going to be able to move the ball down the field and, and be able to put some points on the board. Um I think there is some potential there. I, I, I think that, like I said, Casey Dunn's in a, a great opportunity here where there's a lot of offenses before him. And Oklahoma State does some of those same things. Um, Philip, I, I do have a worry, though. And here's my worry. Is that if Oklahoma State gets off to a poor start offensively and Oklahoma has a couple good scripted drives where they maybe, let's say, they get a touchdown and a field goal. Like, this sounds ridiculous. Is 10-0 too much for Oklahoma State to come from behind? Is there enough time? Considering the fact Oklahoma's probably going to score again. Maybe twice. Um, is 10-0 too is – is a 10-0 lead too much for Oklahoma State to come back on? Um, like, that sounds crazy, but I, I just am keeping pace with Oklahoma the rest of the game. Well, again, like – 
No. I'm going to be honest. No. Because they've had to come back from bigger leads than that this season um, already. They did that against Boise State, who was up uh, 20 to 7 before OSU won 21 to 20. And they took that lead going into the half. Uh, Texas was up 17 to 3 uh, and 24 13. So, like, we, like, I get the question, but like, OSU has had to come back in games this season before. It's not like it would be the first time they've done it. And so, like, I've seen the offense struggle early and us be like, this game is over. Um, and it's part, part of it being, and, and you know, the, the, whoever they're playing, their offense is able to, to get some points going early. And then Casey does, or, and then Jim Knowles figures it out, locks it down. The offense figures some things out, makes it some changes and adjustments because Casey does pretty good a job, done a pretty good job of that. Um, and then things flip. So no, like I, I've been enough experience with OSU this season getting down to say that it's not like they're going to be in a position they haven't been already. So they'll, they'll know how to come back from a double-digit deficit. They've done it in two massive games, including one on the road. So the other third big key point of this game, Philip, uh, Jim Knowles, not just against Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley will have another good plan this week. Uh, if you've oh, heard yeah. me kind of talk about this the last couple of weeks. He's had good plans. They haven't been executed. That falls on his shoulders as well. Uh, I, I would anticipate that he does have a, a good plan in store. But the problem becomes of what his quarterback is capable of, and can his quarterback not get overwhelmed? Caleb Williams has struggled um, at times over the last couple of weeks, more so than not. And I think that that's kind of – you want to talk about what it comes down to, like these three things we're talking about, um, as well as Caleb Williams can't – he can't get flustered in this game. And I bring this up for this reason. West Virginia had 118 yards, I think, total and scored – a touchdown, uh, maybe less than that. Did they not score a touchdown? Maybe a field goal. Uh, t- they did Three not. Phil, Phillips, Phillips making sure to let me know that they did not score a touchdown. That'd be a, a field goal for West Virginia. Texas Tech doesn't score, get 108. I bring this up from this perspective. Jared Dagey and Donovan Smith both had opportunities to throw the football into coverage to open receivers. And they're just either got just panicked, made the wrong choice. Um, but those opportunities are there on tape. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that gives Oklahoma and it should give them a little bit of confidence that whenever they're showing this to Caleb and, and Lincoln Riley, I think use the media in a very savvy way this week, Philip, whenever he basically goes, well, if he could just stack as many routine plays as possible, I think that's what we need out of them. Essentially. It's like, it's kind of the point that I've been making about this Oklahoma state defense is that they've been really, really good. And they continue to be in there. Oklahoma's going to have drives that stall. There's going to be a, 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 a there's going to be a drive in this game where Oklahoma's not going to gain a single yard. Like I'm fully aware of that, but Oklahoma can't get to a point where they don't have any confidence because I think the tape tells you that if you can just relax, pressure is going to be coming from everywhere. Pressure is going to be dropping from everywhere. But if you can just relax and do your job, I think Oklahoma is in a I don't know in a position to have explosive plays. Like that's not where I'm at, but can they, can they put some drives together and get into Oklahoma state territory uh, for only for Lincoln Riley to kick a field goal with Gabe Burkich that he ultimately misses. Yeah. I think that there's a chance that that can happen. Um, I think there o- is, OSU whole- is OSU is not shutting out Oklahoma. They're not going to hold them to three points. The, the lack of touchdowns that's going away. OU is going to score points. I, I, I'm they're going to score points on Saturday. 
OU is going to score points on Saturday. This is where I come to OSU has to, like, I, you made the joke, but it's accurate. Can OSU outscore Oklahoma? Not can OSU stop Oklahoma. OSU will slow OSU, OU down. I don't even think it'll be. I think OU, I think OU will put up more points on this defense than they even did against Baylor. Honestly, uh, like realistic points, not like well they got another touchdown. The game was already over. I mean, I think I think OU will put up points. Can OSU keep up or stay ahead of them on offense? That's my only question because OU's defense is playing significantly better. They really are. I, I think you guys DBs are playing better because they're healthier. I. That's my question. And, and, and it is the offensive line. Like that, my, if, if the offensive line was healthy going into this game, I would feel strangely confident um, that, that they would be okay. But the offensive line issues, like they, they were a problem against Texas Tech. You know, and I heard people like talk, well, Texas Tech's defensive line. Texas Tech's defensive line is not that great. It's fine. They've got a couple. Okay. Their line, they've got a couple. Their linebackers, their linebackers are their strength. It's not their defense. The defensive line is their strength. No, it's the linebackers. It's all their linebackers. It's not their defensive line. OU defensive line is better than Texas Tech's defensive line. I, I have, I am, I am concerned. Um, this is gonna be an ugly, low scoring. This is not gonna like. This is definitely one of those ones where we're going into. We can, you take the under. Like, I'm sorry, take the under. Like, this is not gonna be one of those. Like, well, it could be. It turns into an actual shootout. I'm like, no, 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 no way. There's they don't have the quarter, they don't have the quarterbacks in this game for that no. to happen. No, so I, I this is gonna be an ugly low scoring affair, um, and it kind of feels like one of those. It feels like it's gonna be last team to score wins. I, I think that's what we're gonna get. Phillips seeing me here uh, shrug my shoulders and get nice, and I gotta get relaxed for this question. <laughs> one of the final ones. Okay. Is Gundy going to go forward on fourth and two from the 48? Who's 48? <laughs> Don't matter. No, Either it does. or. Yeah, if it's, <laughs> if it's or. his own 48, no. If it's OU's 48. <sighs> I... He's taking a freaking delay a game and he's punting it. Man, I just, it depends on the contact. Like, I would tell you no. But I would also ask what's the context of the game. Like, are they sitting on a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter? He's going to punt the tar out of it. Are they sitting on a seven-point lead at any point in the game? He's going to punt it. Are they trailing by three in the third quarter, in the in the fourth quarter? If they're up by a touchdown and you go for it, man, like that ice is game, you take more clock off. But you're right, and that's why I'm asking the question. Like, you've seen teams against Oklahoma get into and get into short third downs on purpose. So they could either go run it twice and get a first down because that's just what people have done against Oklahoma. It's, it is there. If he wants to just roll the dice, say, screw it. This is the biggest game of my career. It's crazy to think that this is it. It's, it there's been a lot of great moments, but in terms of like lasting a, a lasting legacy, in this, not just in the state, not just in this game, or not just in this game, but in the state. If he beats Oklahoma on Saturday, Philip, it's over. It's, I, it's, oh, you can't, there's no this more games in Stillwater. To Ryan Aver of the Oklahoman. If Gundy wins Bedlam on Saturday, a lot of sins will be forgiven of Gundy. The record will he be, made, everyone he will know. He with care. the fans on the field. They, I will tell you right now. The fans will go, Bedlam record be damned. You won the one you had to, above all others, win. We don't give a shit if it's three and nothing and what three and whatever. You won the one you had to win. You won the one 
you absolutely had to win. It's it. I mean, this is this is it. It's it's crazy. I love it though. This week is so great, man. Um, it's especially when the games are like this. I mean, of course, in my lifetime, as as we're wrapping up here, but of course, in my lifetime, um, I've been blessed that a lot of the Bedlam games have been very. The both teams are pretty good. Um, more often than not, that both teams are better than pretty good. They're actually good football teams in the realm of college fo- college football. It's it's fun, and that's what makes this week great. Because like I know you, I don't know if you have any Oklahoma State family. I we may have a couple Oklahoma State people at our Thanksgiving. And again, as you guys will figure out, as the game goes on Saturday, I don't. I'll be in the middle. Like I won't go either way. Because like it's this is how things go. But it's it's so fun, man. It's like it's what's so good about college football. And I know, and I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you is I know after next year, whenever Oklahoma goes to the SEC in 23 and you're raising your eyes at me a little bit, when Oklahoma goes to the SEC, it's going to be so disappointing. You don't get this game. It's, it's always easy to sit on the side that wins more often than not. and be like, yeah, we love this week. It's a fun week. It's I a grew, great week. I what grew a wonderful up for week. 20 years. And I, at this point, it's like, it's okay. Like it happens. It's, 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 but this is what makes college. This makes, makes it great. Come on, take a step back and enjoy it. And then let Saturday come in and overwhelm your emotions. What does it set in for you, Philip? What does it set in Friday after post Thanksgiving meal? You start getting your mind right for the game. When does, when does the anxiety set in this week? Saturday morning. When I wake up the moment I wake up. I would do anything to be 22 again on Saturday. I can just uh, tell you that. Stillwater's going to be a madhouse. Have you yeah, talked? How, how is what's the vibe? What's what's the what's the vibe we're looking at? Have you talked to a ton of people? I've talked to a few, and I think it's it's an amount of it's an a <coughs> an amount of optimism. I don't think OSU fans actually realistically feel as often, which has almost cranked the anxiety up. Like it's the word hope is is a dangerous thing in the, <laughs> on the side. Yeah. All right, Philip. I have a score in my head. It does take the over. Um, I've walked you through my thoughts. I'm going to give you uh, kind of walk you through where I'm at. As you know, you followed me for for a couple of years. There's a couple. There's a hierarchy of of things that I look at in almost every game when I try to think about picking a line, like whatever it may be. All right. Head, head coach, pretty equal in this game. Offensive coordinator, I'm no offense, Casey Dunn. We talk you up a lot. Uh, Oklahoma, I think's got the nod there. Oklahoma State, defensive coordinator, no doubt. Uh, Jim Knowles has been the best this year, been the best in the Big 12, without a doubt. See, this is where it gets interesting. For quarterback, for some, I, I saw two throws against Texas Tech, Phillip, that should have been picked off, that Texas Tech should have picked off. And, again, could have changed some things in that game. There's – I think Oklahoma has the better quarterback in this game, even though he's 19 years old. I, I think I trust him a little bit more. I think Oklahoma's offensive line's better. And I think Oklahoma's defensive line's better, which lacks context in saying how I've said this this week, lacks context in how Oklahoma State generates pressure. Oklahoma State doesn't generate. Jaden Jernigan, um, Tyler Lacey, all those guys, uh, the Evers, all those guys do a fantastic Antoine. job. Antoine. Antoine. I mean, there's, there's a – a handful of guys that I think would play at a lot of college football programs, um, but they generate a ton of pressure with blitzes, making the offensive line have miscommunication issues, um, all sorts of those things. So with all that being said, I can't, based off how I kind of view games, 
I can't pick against Oklahoma in this game. And you could throw in the records. They're a four-point under an underdog. They're three and one in the Bedlam series since Stoops took over in 99 when they're an underdog. Um, they're three and one against the spread in that same scenario. They're like 22, 13 and one since 99 covering the spread as an underdog. They're 17 and 18, I think just barely under 500 as an underdog in that time. Like I can't pick against Oklahoma this game with everything that goes, it goes with me. I have Oklahoma winning by a touchdown at 31, 24. Both quarterbacks have turnovers in this game. I don't do score predictions. I hate score predictions. It just seems like silly guessing. Um, I think the under hits. I think it's a 2017 kind of game. 2117 kind of game. Like that's how it feels to me. I, I think this is a close game. I'm not kidding with last team scores wins. Um, in my head, OSU is a better team and should win. In my heart, man, like I, OU finds a way. They always do. Sooner magic, uh, whatever you want to call it. Oh, you always seems to find a way. Um, Jim Knowles has been good since he got to Stillwater, and Lincoln Riley has still been able to take advantage of him. Like, I just I, – I'll believe it when the clock strikes zero and OSU has a lead. But until then, I, I think OU probably wins. That's Philip Slavin from the 1012 Podcast Network. Uh, you can go check out all their stuff. I think I got it right that time, didn't I? Yeah, you're good. Uh, anyways – Go check out all their stuff. Follow him on Twitter. It's going to be a fun next couple of days. It's going to be a fun Saturday. Uh, thank you guys for everybody that's listened to this. Uh, shout out to Vanessa House that powers the Thursday podcast. Go check them out uh, on Automobile Alley right across from Hideaway Pizza on 8th Street. Uh, for Philip, for Peyton Guthrie, who I hope is feeling better. For Matt Burton, who will be producing this lovely podcast. And for I and for all the Through the Keyholers out there, thank you guys for listening.